0: This is part one of our interview with the guys from One Salting. Welcome to Declassified College, a podcast where we give you all the cheat codes needed to pass this level in your life. Each week, we share three short episodes filled with clips of our interviews with students from across the United States, and occasionally an interview with an industry expert to answer all of your questions about attending university. College can be what sets you up for a prosperous career, or it can be the four years that when you look back on it, you wish that you did it different. We're here to make sure that you have all the information so that by the time you walk across that stage... You're ready for the so called real world that the boomers love to talk about. My name is Justin Wynn, and it's about time we declassified college. Jonathan and Jerry are good friends of mine, and they're absolutely killing it on LinkedIn with their company One Salting. Basically, what they do is they help turn underdogs. Into winners. And it is absolutely amazing the type of content that they put out, especially on LinkedIn. In this first part, what we're going over is exactly what you need to put into your resume to beat that ATS system, but at the same time appealing to the other recruiter on the other side so that they can actually choose you for that interview. And then also towards the end, we're going to be going over what to say in your interview as well as what you need to wear. This was such an amazing episode filled with so many key insights, especially if you're looking for a job over in the tech space so i don't want to waste any more time so let's jump into it
1: definitely definitely thanks justin um yeah so i'm jonathan javier i currently work on the go-to-market strategy and operations team at cisco and then i previously worked at snap and google in similar fields and then i also founded a one which mission is to turn underdogs into winners so I, i love helping people get into their dream jobs and dream companies whether it's through linkedin strategies or just revising resumes, for example, um, and so through these different uh, different passions, actually that's how Jerry Lee and I met. That's right. We, uh, you know, you know, we've worked on these ton of different projects and initiatives for students and professionals around the world. We've done over what now, Jerry? Like 80? 80 plus yeah. speaking engagements so far uh, in the past few years, and it's just been a really exciting opportunity uh, to share our stories, but then also share our knowledge to help people get into. Uh, really big companies that they've always dreamed of. So, um, But yeah, I mean that's a little bit about me. I actually am from SoCal originally. Graduated from UC Riverside only about two and a half years ago and just moved up here to the Bay Area about a year and a half ago. So it's been a great experience so far and really looking forward to sharing some good words of wisdom
2: on your podcast uh so i'm jerry i don't know if i can top jonathan's uh introduction (laughs) but i'll try my best (laughs) um so my name is jerry i'm currently a senior strategy and operations manager here at google where i help lead our strategy and operations efforts for our smb app ads business and what that means in layman's term is pretty much partner with our management team to understand how we should structure our business going forward and help accelerate the growth of the business. And so, yeah, similar to Jonathan, um, you know, I have a huge passion for giving back and helping others develop professionally because for me, it's a little, a little story about myself is I grew up in a low income household where, you know, we never talked about resumes. We never talked about what the idea of a resume is a recruiting process and all this stuff was new to me as I got into college. And one of the things that I noticed when I got into college was that I noticed that there were so many of my friends who had uncles or, you know, um, dads or, or mothers or aunts who were partners at McKinsey or Goldman Sachs. And they seemed to have a leg up in their recruiting process. And so a lot of the questions I asked myself was, what can I do to kind of get, uh, get up to speed if I don't have those resources? And so that's really the little learnings that we teach.
0: That's awesome, guys. You guys are obviously killing it. And I think that's a perfect transition into kind of like the first subject that we're going to talk about, which is the resume, right? That's always the first thing that people talk about when, whenever they're trying to find an internship, they're trying to find a job. First thing is your resume. Is it that important or is it something that's starting to die off because of how crazy the ATS system, applicant tracking system is at some of these Fortune 500 companies?
2: Yeah, great question, Justin. Um, so one of the things that is super important about your resume, it's almost like what you would wear on a first date. It's very important. You want to make sure that you look as clean as possible. You want to present your best foot forward. But the best thing about a resume is that you have complete control of what the recruiter looks and knows about who you are when they get that first impression of you. And so the question is, what impression do you want to leave off as they look at your resume? Do you want them to look uh, and say, Wow, this, per- this candidate is super structured, extremely organized, has a great, of great number of experiences, has really done their homework in showing the impact that they've done in each of these roles. Man, I really want this person on my team. That's the impression that you want to give off. And I think in the future, there probably will be a less of a need for a resume. I think we're slowly seeing that transition as LinkedIn becomes a better source of recruiting. But until we get to that full transition, I think re- resumes are still really important. Anything that you want to add, Jonathan? Yeah, no, definitely, definitely. Resumes are important, and like Jerry
1: mentioned, it's really your first impression, or and it also creates that personal brand around yourself that exemplifies who you are as a person without that person actually meeting you, right? So, okay. resumes should definitely include your, of course, your responsibilities that you utilized specifically in your experiences, but also the impact, the impact that you made specifically on your positions is super important because a lot of people will just put like what they did like on a high overview of like specific qualifications. But in reality, it's really important to show the metrics and the different impact that you made specifically in those experiences. So these recruiters and these individuals and these hiring managers can see that you not only do the responsibilities that are necessary to be successful, but ultimately go above and beyond what is necessary. So yeah, I definitely feel like resumes are important. Uh, I know Jerry talks about this all the time, like recruiters have eight hours in a day, 40 hours in a week to find the perfect candidate. So how do you make sure that you have a great resume to show them in order to make their time uh, very efficient and find the perfect candidate, right? So it's always important to uh, have a very clean resume. That can exemplify your experiences.
0: No, hundred percent. I love that. So I love that example that you gave at the beginning, uh, Jerry, where you're talking about, it's kind of like the first thing that you wear or the, the thing that you wear on a first date, right? You want to make that good first impression. Um, let's say I am a senior, right? And I'm trying to find a job. I didn't really have time to do internships during school because I was working as, as a bartender, how do I make my resume look like an all-star resume, even though I may feel like uh, I just worked a waiter job? There's nothing really there to, to to add to my resume.
2: Yeah, I think that's a great question. And I think this is extremely common, especially for students who go to non-target schools where mm-hmm. internships become a much uh, bigger challenge, given that recruiters just don't spend uh, their resources there. The number one thing that I, I think I would recommend is add in school projects. Add in the class projects, add in anything that you may have done, uh, whether that be it's starting a business, starting an organization, all those experiences matter. What an internship does, it it gives a formal structure for you to learn certain skills to help you exceed in the professional world. But that doesn't mean that that's the only area in which that can help you. Organizational skills um, that you'll find when you start a club, very similar challenges that you'll face when starting an organization is exactly the same challenges you'll face when you're working with executives at a fortune 500 company. And so what they're looking for is that you're able to demonstrate those capabilities through an internship, through a class, or maybe through an organization. The medium doesn't really matter. It's what the content that really matters. Mm-hmm. And to add on to that too, like projects
1: are super important. That's right. Actually small story. Um, I actually did a lot of projects right. when I was a senior in college and one of the projects I did was actually one of my business plan development classes. And we actually created an application. And so in my mind, I wanted to get into tech. And so I actually created the application very similarly to, um, similarly to Snapchat. And so when I was through my, going through my interviews, uh, we actually had a case study from my final round. And I did exactly like the project specifically in class. It was literally the same thing in the interview. And then during the interview, they were like, oh, how did you know that this was specifically utilized uh, in our application? And then I literally just, it was so funny. I actually pulled out a yellow folder. I had my resume, oh, my right, project, yeah. and my business card in the yellow <laughs> folder because Snapchat's yellow. Gave it to them and was like, I've utilized this specifically in a school project. And they both looked at each other, the hiring managers, and like an hour later, I got a call and they're like, hey, you got the job. So <laughs> that's actually how I got my first job at Snap. And I literally had no like operations really experienced technically in the tech field, in, in the tech industry. But like Jerry said, like it's very important to exemplify those projects, those passion projects or those technical projects, which will then allow you to get your foot in door in the company that you are really interested in.
0: I love that, so with resumes, you have to get past that applicant tracking system before it even gets seen by by a human's eye, right? Is there anything that you guys know of of how to get past that ATS system a little better um, than the average person would say?
2: Yeah, um yeah, I think that's a great question. Um, I think the 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 truth is is that there's no perfect formula. Otherwise, everyone would be using it. And so thus, there would be no longer a secret formula. <laughs> everyone would get the right. And so I think the number one thing that you can do is just make sure that you understand what the recruiter is looking for. What is a hiring manager looking for? Because what you, what you can't control is the information that you put on your resume and what the impressions that the recruiters will have as they go through your resume. And what you can't control is what specific keywords the ATS system will be tracking for. And so I'm a big believer in that if you're able to demonstrate the impact on your resume, if you're able to show the experience that you have in a clear and concise manner, and you make sure that it's been reviewed by multiple people, that ATS or not, you will get the interview. Mm-hmm. And that's a good point
1: and i was going to say too another way to kind of get through that ats system and learn more about the responsibilities and qualifications on your resume is actually what i did was when i was in college and when i just recently graduated i would have i reach out to people on linkedin that were in specific positions that i was interested in going into so for example like operations analysts strategy analysts i would have phone chats with them and then ask them about their day-to-day responsibilities in what they did uh, specifically in their positions. So for example, like let's say someone from operations analysts utilize Excel and SQL, like in their day-to-day responsibilities. I would then include that in my resume, specifically on the skills section, and then think about where I've utilized those in past projects and experiences. So then when I apply to the specific position, I would literally fit the exact qualifications that were required for that specific position. That's right. So then that'll give you a good value prop then you'll have the inside scoop of exactly what you are specifically applying to and then ultimately getting, a, uh, getting an interview.
0: Awesome. Are there any tools out there for students um, to help them find some keywords? Because I know for anyone who's in tech or maybe in marketing, they might understand what that means. But let's just say like an English major or even a nursing major, they might not really grasp the concept of a keyword and like how to find it through multiple job descriptions. Do you guys know of any tools out there? yeah i think the number
2: one thing that you can or two things that you can do that comes to mind one would be literally take the job description of the job that you're applying for and put it in one of those what was it was like like those uh those word decoders to find out which are the most popular words being used in that job description and making sure that you use that word in your job or in your resume is one thing that i've learned uh the second thing that you could do is go through like if you literally google harvard action verb resume, that you will literally find PDF files of the exact file that Harvard uses for their students to, you know, make their resume more actionable. And so those two things I think would uh, definitely cover, I think, majority of the use cases.
1: Yeah, and I would say too, yeah, definitely look at the, of course, the job, the what I actually do is look at the minimum qualifications and the preferred qualifications. And then I look for those specific keywords like experience in, like I said, Excel, SQL, And then what I'll do is I'll include it in the skills section and then I'll do a control find on my resume and then find exactly where those experiences or those skills I've utilized in those experiences. So I make sure that it's not only just in my skills section, but also in my bullet points too as well. And then that'll help a student or a professional who's applying to these different roles then fit the job description, which will then get them in the interview.
0: Okay, perfect. So we've got the resume, we're through, and we're on to the next step, which is the interview. Um, a lot of people start to freak out about interviewing, right? Um, because especially for the introvert, they have to communicate with someone on the other side of the table and tell their story. Do is there any any word of advice for that introvert that may be shaking because they have to like, oh my god, I don't really know what to say in this interview? Um, how do they get past that fear?
1: Yeah, I mean, you know, actually, just a quick story. When I was first interviewing for a lot of different positions, I didn't have a sort of structure when I was interviewing. And it would really Mm -hmm. cause me to babble and like talk about things that weren't really relevant that the interviewer wanted to hear. And so I figured that there was different methods. And one of the good methods that you can utilize is, of course, STAR. So situation, task, action, results. And that can ultimately structure your specific answers to different questions that these interviewers ask you. So for example, you could say like, you know, tell me about a time when you worked on a team project and someone wasn't pulling their weight. A situation could be like in school, for example, maybe you worked on a team project, someone wasn't pulling their weight specifically in your group. The task was, how was I going to help this person, you know, ultimately contribute to our group and complete the project and the action steps that you took. So for example, leadership skills, you led them, you had one-on-one meeting with them, you find out what they're passionate about, and then what resulted from it. Meaning what was the impact that you were able to make specifically through that action? And maybe in this example, you were able to help have him help on the project and you were able to get an A in the class, right? So you basically have that structure of star. And ultimately by doing so, you're able to quickly and concisely have your answer to a question where you won't be babbling. And so what I would do actually in interviews is literally write star on my on a piece of paper, Then ask the interviewer if I didn't know the answer to the question, hey, could I have 30 seconds to write some things down so I can structure my answer? And they'd be like, sure. Mm -hmm. And that'll help you, uh, you know, help you structure your answer and ultimately uh, get you past uh, that round.
2: Yeah, I I completely agree that structuring your answer is just that you translate a marketing campaign to, you know, work with a group of five individuals to create – a automobile branding campaign that ultimately led to an increase of impressions of 11% year over year. Right. Um, I think that's definitely extremely important as you think about structuring your story, but also practice. Right. I think the philosophy of how you get good at anything is applicable to interviews as well. The similar to You know, a lot of the college students that may be hearing this, I've also went through a ton of interviews where I just completely bombed it. I was like, "Wow, I hate interviewing," but I literally would uh, take time during my sophomore year to interview for nonprofits, to interview for internships that I that I knew that I didn't want, just to see whether or not I could get rid of my nerves. The more I practiced, the more opportunities I had to pitch my story, and the more chance I had to really get over my nerves. And once I got over my nerves. Every other interview was just like everything else, especially when it came to the one that you actually wanted.
0: Okay. So when it comes to that, that technique, cause I've actually heard that from a couple of the, of the students that I interviewed that they would take interviews, um, from other companies that they knew they weren't going to work for, uh, to practice. Let's say you start to do it and you actually get better and better at interviewing and you get a, whether it's the second interview or a job offer, what do you say to reject that?
2: Just be honest. Just say, hey, you know what, as I was going through this process, I don't think that um, this company or this position is kind of aligned to my goal, right? Because the best case scenario will be that you take this interview and you're taking it because you're, hey, I have practice. But as you interview more and as you get to know the company more, that you begin to fall in love with the company and you find yourself in an opportunity where you want to work for this company that you wouldn't have considered otherwise. And so I, I, when I say interview with companies that you don't want for, I don't mean, you know, interview for like, you know, like a pharmacy, pharmacy, like internship and your, and your passion is in marketing and you have no passion ever going into the pharma space, (laughs) right? It's, it's being a little bit more uh, methodical and saying, Hey, open your, open up your areas of interest, apply to jobs that maybe you wouldn't normally, and maybe you might learn a thing or two about yourself.
1: Yeah. Because at the end of the day, like sometimes. Uh, you know, you might not know exactly what you're passionate about or That's what right. company you are specifically really interested in. Mm-hmm. Because I, I like when I was in college, I didn't know necessarily what I wanted to get into until my basically my senior year. So I was just taking interviews left and right. And then I found out, OK, like this is what the specific things that I value. And then how does that company embody those values that I value too as well? And then how is the culture? Like, am I going to be a good fit specifically in this company? Am I going to enjoy that the work that I do? And so by interviewing with these, these different companies, you're then able to find these specific niches that you are really interested in, which can ultimately contribute to your career. That's right.
0: Okay. So, but for, in preparation for an interview, how long should students be studying about the company that they're going to be interviewing for?
2: That's a really good question. I think it depends on the company. It depends on the position um, because for consulting, for example, um, you need to do case interviews. And case interviews are a skill that you really have to train your mind for. And you'll have to do at least a general rule of thumb a 60 to 80 cases before your first case interview. Otherwise, you'll bomb it. Um, people are more natural than others, but by and large, that's a general rule of thumb. Whereas things maybe like sales, for example, maybe more about who you are how you tackle problems? Have you dealt with clients before? How do you deal with stress on the situation? May not need as much, but by and large, I think the big things that you need to know about every company that you interview for are: one, what is what? Are, what's their mission statement? Two, what are their priorities? And three, is there anything that's going on about them in the news that uh, that you should be that you should know of? That be it that they launched a new product or they just went through a huge PR scandal. Right. All that is going to be helpful in helping you paint your picture as to why you want to work for that company.
1: Yeah, definitely do your research, whether it's on LinkedIn, whether it's on Classdoor. A lot of the research will ultimately help you specifically in your interviews. And another story, again, actually at Snapchat, I did a ton of different research at Snapchat. Of course, I talked about sending in that case study or sending in that project. But actually, one of the main components of me getting the job was I actually watched all their videos specifically on YouTube and Snapchat was utilizing the geolocation technology in that, and they were just scaling it out. This was actually literally after IPO. And that's how I knew one of the questions that they asked specifically in my interview, just by watching those videos. So definitely do your research. What I would recommend too is create a Google doc for yourself or just a Microsoft word doc and putting different practice questions on there and then practicing in front of a mirror, Uh, you know, uh, every uh, every day until basically your interview. That's
2: right.
0: Okay. So when the interviewer flips the, uh, the mic to you essentially, right. And you get to ask your questions, um, some people get stumped and we know that we're not supposed to say that we don't have any questions and we are supposed to ask a few. Do you guys have any favorite questions that you like to ask in any, in any interview that you guys are on?
1: Yeah. So what I say is ask questions where you can answer their answer. Meaning, so for example, like let's say Justin, you currently work at Facebook, right? And you are an analyst and then you went to the manager in like four years. So one of my questions would be like, hey, Justin, I-, I saw that you were an analyst about three years ago, right? And then you'd be like, yeah. And then you be like, and now you're currently a manager. You know, how is a career progression specifically at Facebook and how have you enjoyed it there uh, in the past four years? Let's say that you say, oh, yeah, I really love here in regards to me progressing. I actually was one of the quickest people to go from an analyst in, into a manager role, as well as I love the, the energy and having fun in the work that I do. Then I'd answer that answer with my own answer. So I'd be like, oh, that's amazing to hear, Justin. That's what I look for specifically in a company. I really want to be there long term and not only, you know, do the responsibilities that are necessary in order to be successful in a position, but ultimately have fun with my coworkers and love what I do with the people I love. Mm-hmm. So by utilizing those, which that specific tip, you're able to exemplify your own experiences and give them another piece of it, you know, give them advice basically in regards to how you've utilized it in the past. And that'll ultimately help you in the interview process.
2: Yeah. I think one of the things, yeah, I, I think that's 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 a really smart way of going about it. Uh, the method that I personally use is I try to make sure that I get very personal with the recruiter. And when I mean re- personal, I mean, you know, I always ask, so, how, you know, tell me your story. How, how did you get here in front of me interviewing me today? And then they'll tell you a little bit about their career. And then you say, hey, you know, you mentioned that you dropped, you jumped three different companies in a span of three years. What led to that? And how, how how have you how has that taught you to be at the company that you're in today? And so by doing this, you're able to make them step out of their recruiter shoes and step into their human shoes. And the the reason why you want to do that is because you want to make them feel like they're that you're someone that could be one of their really good friends. Because again, culture plays such a big part in the hiring process today. The more that you can show that you're culturally adaptable and that you're a personable human being, um, the better off you'll be.
0: Okay. So, how do you guys dress for interviews? Um, obviously, we can only speak really from the guys' perspective. But is there? Do you always wear the suit and tie? Do you do you branch off? Do you try to show your own personality? How do you feel that you should dress up for that interview?
2: Yeah, I specialize in the birthday suit. Absolutely.
0: <laughs>
2: <laughs> uh, no, I'm just kidding. Um, so I think again, it depends on the company because at the end of the day, you don't want to be wearing a full on suit at uh, for a software engineering role at Google because then your the culture fit may not be as there, be as much uh, prevalent there. And so, the if you, I would say, you want to make sure that you fit in with the rest of our with the rest of the the, the team that you're interviewing for. And if you don't know how what the team dress is like, then just ask the recruiter. They're more than happy to share that information. And by no way will that negatively impact your recruiting. But again, you just you just want to fit in. You don't want to stand out.
1: Definitely. And yeah, it, it, like Jerry, Jerry said, it really depends on what kind of industry you're interviewing for. So for example, like Goldman Sachs, you'd be, of course, wearing a full suit, tie, and and slacks. But like if you're interviewing, for example, at let's say LinkedIn, then obviously maybe like a polo, Uh, jeans and maybe you know shoes of course obviously right what i would actually do is it is actually kind of interesting but before my interviews like my final interviews if if for example i didn't know exactly what i was supposed to wear i would actually go to wherever i was interviewing and just look at people specifically what they Mm. (laughs) were Then yeah for example when i went to um when I was interviewing specifically on LinkedIn before, I literally went to the LinkedIn office a few days before, and I was kind of looking like, "Oh, what are people wearing specifically <laughs> at this company?" Right, and then you're able to tailor whatever you're going to be wearing specifically in the interview towards that. So, and then you also basically feel the culture when you're there too as well. So, um, but yeah, I mean, there's definitely different methods in or in regards to what you wear uh, in specific interviews. Yeah.
0: Another day, another cheat code. And you're on your way to defeating the level that we like to call college. If you've liked any of the cheat codes that we've given out, please hit that subscribe button and give us a review on iTunes. Each review helps us grow and make sure that more people learn these tips. We love to hear from you all. So make sure you check out our website, www.getchogrindup.com and follow us on all social media platforms at Get Your Grind Up. That's G-E-T-C-H-O-G-R-I-N-D-U-P. So until next time, peace.